Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Friday. This is the 21st week after Pentecost. And this week we have started reading the book of 1 Samuel, and we're listening to hear how God is at work and faithful to God's people, even in some of their darkest times, even in a time of transition and dramatic change, when it seems as if the whole world is turned upside down. In times like these, The Lord calls us to draw close in prayer. This week, what are you praying for? And how will you know how God has heard and answered your request? And now we begin our time of prayer together in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving, and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel to the Lord before the Lord our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. You have been born anew through the abiding word of God. A reading from 1 Samuel, chapter 5. When the Philistines captured the Ark of God, they brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. Then the Philistines took the Ark of God and brought it into the house of Dagon and placed it beside Dagon. When the people of Ashdod arose early the next day, there was Dagon, fallen on his face to the ground before the Ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and put him back in his place. But when they arose early the next morning, Dagon had fallen on his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord, and the head of Dagon and both of his hands were lying cut off upon the threshold. Only the trunk of Dagon was left to him. This is why the priest of Dagon and all who enter the house of Dagon do not step on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod to this day. The hand of the Lord was heavy upon the people of Ashdod, that he terrified and struck them with tumors both in Ashdod and in its territories. And when the inhabitants of Ashdod saw how things were, they said, The ark of the God of Israel must not remain with us, for his hand is heavy upon us and on our God Dagon. So they sent and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? The inhabitants of Gath replied, Let the ark of God be moved to us. So they moved the ark of the God of Israel to Gath. 
But after they had brought it to Gath, the hand of the Lord was against the city, causing a very great panic. He struck the inhabitants of the city, both young and old, so that tumors broke out on them. So they sent the ark of the God of Israel to Ekron. But when the ark of God came to Ekron, the people of Ekron cried out, Why have you brought a, why have they brought around to us the ark of the God of Israel to kill us and our people? They sent, therefore, and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, Send away the ark of the God of Israel and let it return to its own place, that it may not kill us or our people. For there is a deathly panic throughout the whole city. The hand of God was very heavy there, and those who did not die were stricken with tumors. And the city, and the cry of the city went up to heaven. We like to divide the world up into us and them, I think. Friends and enemies, for us, against us, allies and enemies, and Philistines and Israelites. The Philistines routed Israel in battle, and the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord is captured. For Israel, this is a crisis of faith as much as a national embarrassment. The battle between armies is not just a battle, but... It also is a contest that pits Israel's God against the God of the Philistines. If Israel goes out and loses in battle, does that mean that the Philistine gods are more powerful? Or does it mean something else? Now, from our modern point of view, we probably would come to the conclusion that the Philistines were simply stronger militarily. Perhaps they were better equipped, better trained, better led, or maybe a technologically superior army to the Israelites. Most of us won't readily come to the conclusion that on the day of that battle, the Lord God, the God who raised Israel from slavery in Egypt, had actually withdrawn designed support for the campaign, having decided that this was the event that would bring about the end of Eli's house's rule as judge and priest in Israel. So did God go over to the Philistine side? Not at all. God, first of all, has not divided up into the world uh, and its people the way that we have. Though God is loyal and faithful to God's word and promise to Israel. This faithfulness, though, is for the sake of the world. So it should not surprise us as Christians to know that even in catastrophe, the Lord remains faithful. But the Lord God also seems willing to endure humiliation and even capture to save God's people from their sins, to bring about something new for God's people. But even in that capture, the powers of this world must bow before God. As we have seen in Christ, not even death can overpower the Lord, but it is God who gives life out of death. This chapter reminds us of that. It reminds us that the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth, the God who raised Israel from slavery in Egypt and who triumphed over Pharaoh and his army, rules over all other powers. The comic falling of the idol Dagon, uh, the Philistine god, uh, falling in worship before the Ark of the Covenant gives us a glimpse into the depth of the universe beyond what we can simply see or analyze beyond the will of armies or, or the strength of kings. When Dagon falls and his head and arms, his hands break off, we see that these idols are no gods at all. 
plague that breaks out on those who try to hold the ark as a spoil of war also shows us that God will not be captured or turned into some kind of artifact or some kind of trophy. Whenever we drag God out or around to do our bidding, to champion our cause, to legitimate the desires of our own heart, we court disaster. Whenever we put our own desire in front and then try to drink God out to justify it, things go terribly wrong. So what is our proper relationship to God and our proper stance before this God? Well, that is a matter of always remembering the first commandment, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. Or as we remember it from our catechism, to fear, love, and trust God above all things. Israel does not worship this God so that they can be great and a powerful nation, so that they can triumph over their enemies. Israel is a great nation because it worships, loves, and trusts this God above all things. In the same way, we do not turn to serve God so that our lives can be better. But we do discover that in the worship, love, and trust in God, God has given us all that is needed for this life. And life, the life that God is creating, even out of death. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people to set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebearers and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. In you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord, who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ and for all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the communion of faith in your church, and for the gifts of relationship with others. For what else are we truly thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world, heal the hurts of all of your children, and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus the living Lord. Especially we pray for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land, and especially the people of our congregation. For those who are sick, for those who are mourning, for those who are suffering and afflicted, and for those who tend to the sick and who look to bring healing to this world, that you might strengthen them in the power of your Spirit. 
for those who govern the nations of the world, that they might do so in your, after your heart, but after your justice. For people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, that you would set them free and bring peace to their life. And for all those who are working to bring that peace and harmony, we pray that you would prosper and make their work bear fruit in the lives of the people who need it. We pray for all who strive to save this earth from carelessness and destruction. For what else are we praying this morning? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.